the um wait what am i saying let's wrap it up It's just called Two Brothers. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. All right. <laughs> it's uh, weird for me to say it. I'm James. And I'm Marcus. How's it going, eh? Okay, it's going all right. I just, I, I, you totally throw me when you don't say it at first. <laughs> if you don't say it up front, it's weird. That was my crazy scheme. Mm, I see. Just keep me on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Fair enough. Then let's do a show. If you hear noises in the background, we are in the middle of the room. So there are noises in the background. Mm. I think it's the first time I've recorded a show when other people are home. So ah, in the new apartment, at, in the new at, apartment, at your new place. Yes. Yeah. What's what's uh, let's do a quick show because we are very, very late record. Like this is the latest ever, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's Monday night. <laughs> Usually we try to drop Monday morning. So yes. <laughs> right. Hopefully However, the, the, the previous <laughs> show yes. was also the latest ever yes, it was. to drop. So yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, because that's a topic, let's go right into that, shall mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> I think I started the show on Monday? Mm-hmm. Or Tuesday. Started, mm-hmm. I started working with it. And then, suddenly, <laughs> it was Friday, and I hadn't finished the show. Yeah. That was, it was literally a time warp. <laughs> so, there you go. Um... I, uh, yeah, deepest apologies. I, I really don't know how I fell into that black hole, but boy, did I. Well, you got caught up in tr- trying to adjust the EQ mm-hmm. a bunch of different ways. That did take right? me, yeah, a couple of days to try to figure out if I could massage the boominess of your recording, I guess, mm. uh, into shape. But <laughs> according to all the sound wonks, uh, the audio engineer types online, mm-hmm. uh, gear sluts, and what's the other one? What's the other big one? I've heard of gear sluts, but I'm not sure. If I... It's escaping me now. Okay, there's another one. And sluts with a Z. <laughs> and yes, end. yes, gear sluts with a Z. Uh, I'll, yeah. We'll put a, a thing in there. According to those types, the uh, the experts online, you don't, you can't really do anything about room reverb. If, mm-hmm. if it's a, if it's a natural reverb in the room, you can't really compensate for it with EQ and other processing because huh. it'll squish the sound in unnatural ways. Right. Okay. And end up being more distorted when you finish trying to remove all that stuff. And some of it is literally impossible because mm-hmm. it shares it shares the same frequency. Yeah. So you've got a it's feeding back into itself in the recording at that point. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing you can do. It's like a lot of audio engineering. If your recording is not perfect, everything else will flow from that. You'll never get right. it perfect in post. Yeah. If you don't have sense. a good recording, basically. It's not mm-hmm. that it sounds the way you will end up, but it needs to be clean and kind of dead. Yeah, clean and, and dry. A lot of key. And dry, yes. Sorry. Uh, not. They call uh, dry is the basic signal, the original signal, and wet is the processed signal. Mm. So if you if you want to know terms. Oh, oh, okay. I thought dry was dead 
and wet was reverby, echoey. Not necessarily. So, okay. Because you can use it for things like chorus and flange. Mm -hmm. All right. Processed and unprocessed. Or unprocessed Unprocessed and unprocessed. unprocessed. That's right. Okay, that's good to know. And, but uh, it might, I I think, I forget what the term is. Um, I think it's just dead. Dead and live. I think it's just dead room. Yeah, dead and live, exactly. A live room Mm -hmm. is, it's a specific type of sound. So you may want that. Some, yeah, sure. Some ears, and I'm minor, one of them, tend to think that sound booth recording can be a, a little too flat. It's mm-hmm. it's without character, and if you have a good sounding room, a little openness kind of backs up the vocal in a way. It's so mm-hmm. it it rounds the vocal. Sure. So I made a sound booth out of our closet, and then recorded several things in there, and I also recorded in the living room mm-hmm. and at some point we had these really heavy curtains that went across the windows and then could be drawn across the hallway so it made mm. the front room one giant space yeah but there was a there was enough stuff in there furniture and <laughs> lord knows what else lamps and 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 other things mm-hmm. along with those curtains it it did something magical to the to the sound of the room when I was singing in it, hmm. and then I said, "Wow, I I kind of like this better than the dead space in the closet, which mm-hmm. is really it's so flat, it sounds strange." Yeah, and then I something something changed, and I never got that back. <laughs> so, them's the breaks. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a fragile mistress. <laughs> Most of my career uh, rehearsing bands. We were, we were always striving to get your rehearsal space as dead as possible mm-hmm. so you can hear all the details yes. of what's being played Indeed. and rehearsed. And then that way, when you go to a live hall, usually you're performing in a concert hall or something more live, uh, then you're still you're, you're playing as clean as you can mm-hmm. um, versus trying to rehearse in a live place. And you're not, you're going to miss a lot of detail because of the because of the echo and such. I so sure. Yeah, that is true. Um, Rehearse dead, record live. Yeah. A couple of engineers were of the opinion that it's just a, it's mostly a matter of going too far either way, that they don't want a completely deadened room to record in mm-hmm. because it, they think it make, it sounds unnatural and then you have to do a lot of stuff to it. Right. And if, uh, but if you have too live a room, if it's too much reverb, it you get this ringing effect or the hollowness that we had in, you know, schools are rife with those kinds of rooms mm-hmm. everything is cinder block and hard floors and ceilings it's right, all squared and off walls yeah and, sure yeah so they wanted a mostly dead space to record in but mm-hmm. not completely isolated from well, the world yeah well, i mean i see uh groups in recording studios um performing and it's there's just tons of wood mm-hmm. right and and there are asymmetrical rooms yes all kinds of uh, acoustical dampeners mm-hmm. and and um things to uh to break up the yeah. the flatness of the walls right. for example but it's still a lot of really nice material to to give a resonance to the performances yes. at the same time so yeah well put yeah. i have i have nothing better to add well speaking of recording studios Smoke on the water could be played in a sort of strange juxtaposition to these days here in Oregon um, or in the West.
tomorrow, uh, you know, we got the call, both, both Megan and I got calls from our districts uh, saying they're canceling school again for, you know, the, the hazardous air quality. Uh-huh. This will be four days because we were off Friday anyway. So, yeah, four days in a row of no school wow. in, in uh, my district. Uh-huh. So I, I'm assuming it'll be like snow days. You know, we have to make them up at the end. Mm. They have they usually have two or three built into the to the school calendar. Right. But, um, you know, at some point you have to go into makeup days. Mm-hmm. And then if we actually have snow this winter, we'll, <laughs> yes. you know, we'll see. Right. Well, <laughs> see how that goes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's bad. We've today finally I could see better. We're kind of judging the distances of what how far we can see mm-hmm. with our the the trees at the end of our field, the trees at the end of the next field, et cetera. <laughs> Predict about about a half mile. It just becomes sort of silhouette mm. of trees. You know, the you can just make out the shape of the trees, mm-hmm. but not detail. And you know, there's no way you can see anything past that. Of you know, our right. well, we're in a we're in a little valley of basins, so there's hills all around. Mm-hmm. But haven't been able to see those in right. in uh, since last Tuesday, so almost exactly a week ago. I'd say that's when been, the smoke started. I'd say that's been a similar visibility as here in Portland, mm-hmm. half about a half mile for the for the shapes of the most distant things you could see. Yeah, maybe a little was- further than that, maybe. It was down to about a quarter mile this morning, mm. and then we realized that was actual moisture in the air, <laughs> yes. like a fog. Right. So finally, it's, um, it's supposed to blow out sometime tomorrow, maybe tomorrow evening, mm. and uh, and then the, the chances of rain go up significantly. So we're yes. really uh, looking forward to that. Portland is expecting rain Thursday, Friday. Mm. Thursday rain, Friday thunderstorms. Mm. So the well, system is pausing off the coast. It's, yeah. it's delayed itself a couple of days. It was originally right. supposed to be Tuesday. Right, yeah. But the the official word for the forecast for the city is that we won't see a, a real heavy clearing, a major clearing of the air before later in the week. Mm-hmm. So Friday, you know, so Friday is probably oh. the day, maybe late Thursday. When the rain wow. starts is ironically the time. Yeah. But they... Right. They they were quick to say, don't be too desirous of the rains because the first day they hit, probably going to cause more smoke by mm-hmm. dousing fire here and there. <laughs> Smoldering mm-hmm. smoke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was one report that said uh, some of those major fires are going to be smoldering all into, you know, throughout into wintertime. I'm no, I, I have no doubt. Yeah. So, That's, yeah. They are really, really big. Brutal. I think yeah. uh, Governor Brown said over 300,000 acres. It might be. 350 yeah. by now? I don't really, I don't, I haven't heard an update. Of course, it's three, over 3 million acres in California. Yes. But. Right. Whatever the size, these are the biggest in recorded Oregon history. Right. A friend of mine, I just talked to him this morning, and he's in Arizona, and they're in Phoenix, and they've gotten the last few days, you know, very deep red sunrise, sunsets mm-hmm. from the smoke blowing over from California mm-hmm. to there. Right. We are, we, the smoke is now drifting into not just neighboring states, but Midwestern states. Yeah. yeah. Well, it got all the way to Hawaii uh, from us in like three days. Yikes. Um, but it's, it's starting to blow back the other direction mm-hmm. um, significantly. So, and from west to east again. I saw the first hints of blue this morning that I'd seen in days. Mm. And I yeah. today was the first day I went outside after last Wednesday night. That was the last, mm-hmm. that was the last time I was out before today. Uh, as a person with asthma, it's considered more hazardous for me i'm a i'm a level above the general public to to warn against uh, strenuous physical activity 
mm-hmm. outside basically in this yeah. environment. Right. So I took that to heart when it got even worse. Not just unhealthy, but very unhealthy. Yeah, it was off the scale. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, unhazardous is like to the right. Right. You know, like you're the old uh, uh, cartoon speedometer mm-hmm. going past yeah. the past the Ree- pin, and then the, it breaks the off the and it spins wildly. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it was nasty. <laughs> it's been very very bad. <laughs> but of course, thankfully, I think the closest fire to us was like thirty miles. Mm-hmm. So we're. Uh, the closest, let me start that over. I think the closest fire of any significance was, you know, 30 miles away. There were a couple of little ones that got put out immediately that were within, you know, a few miles. Right. But, uh, they were not wildfires, you know, Mm -hmm. so, so they they were within inhabited zones that got, you know, people got onto them right away. Cut those Black Lives Matter Antifa arsonists, say. Cut them early. (laughs) So, yeah, the, 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 um, the ridiculousness is people are saying, they're listening to the fire scanners mm-hmm. and hearing BLM right. and thinking Black Lives Matter, but it's the Bureau of Land Management. <laughs> Land Management. But uh, I don't see how it could make fly. any kind of sense if you listen to more than just maybe half a sentence. Because the mm-hmm. context of how they use BLM would be really yeah. weird to think about Black yeah. Lives Matter activists doing, you know, it's like, creating it's a, a fire line, we're, yeah. we're working between cities to organize things uh, what <laughs> calling the firefighters back to the thing what this is how could you think it's the wrong blm anyway they're just jumping in trying to take over the airwaves <laughs> yes hey let's do a let's get out of this part mm-hmm. and do a song about jealousy and <laughs> and uh so forth yeah envy really right envy en- sure deep, deep envy uh yeah so in contrast to Sinead O'Connor, I do not want what I haven't got. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, something that hit me this week because hmm. for whatever reason, I've been on a old music kick uh, here and mm-hmm. there. So, you know, I did the Eagles a few days ago. Man, come on. I had a rough night and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Get out of my cab. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is really good. And then we were talking about Pat Benatar and her guitar player, Neil Giraldo, who's also her hmm. arranger and producer. They they work together closely, but he is a he's a long time behind the scenes jack of many trades, wearer where okay. of several musical hats. Mm-hmm. So he writes songs, he plays a mean guitar. He has done some session stuff for various people. He produces, he can he can run a board, mixing board, and he is what was the other thing? Producer, production arranger. and arranger, right. And he can yeah, he can arrange parts for various musicians to to best suit the track, in his opinion. That's uh mm-hmm. those are that is a massively talented man. And that connects to this song share, the music share that I have which is Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. and it, Connect me. Okay, so in listening to some of this Pat Benatar stuff, I express my deep admiration for Neil Garaldo as a person who has some of the best guitar solos in rock 
music. Like every one of those Pat Benatar solos is gold. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's almost hummable, hmm. and they're well constructed. They they have an uh, an unusual progression sometimes, or some strange way of restating melodies and creating new ones. It, it's just I can't say enough good things about his solo guitar work, and I'm not generally that big a fan of the guitar solo. But when certain people do it, it's a uh, it's really it really becomes their contribution to the song, right? Not just some flash in the middle. I know all about virtuosos and trembolos and arpeggios. I can do it all. I can play your basic rhythm guitar like jump jig jump jig jump jig jump jig jump jig something like that. I can also play some pretty hot licks too. You know, the kind that are just way up high on the tiny strings and you mash your fingers on them. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's the instructional video. So I brashly said to my roommates, like, so hey, do you know what the best bridge? I think I said, do you want to hear the best bridge in rock and roll? And I was going to. I was going to blame, but that is a uh, that has long been my opinion. The bridge, I can't remember if the solo comes first now. I'll, I'll make it irrelevant. Whatever. The verse chorus structure is already really good. It's already massive hooks in there. It grabs your ear. That's why it's a hit. Yeah. And then the bridge comes along, and it is it's a completely new and different thing. solo in there which is already genius Neil's, Neil just played the solo on this he produced this track Neil Geraldo and then he played the solo on this thing so that's oh Rick Springfield is just miming the solo well yeah, if he plays it on the video yes, yes. okay so that is Neil Geraldo playing that solo oh, on the record okay and I thought it looked a little off <laughs> yeah. uh, when he was when he was going at it they, were, they didn't zoom in on his hands much right. but but the thing I that always catches my ear is it it's not a hard solo that became a big thing in yeah. the 80s was you know hair metal started to rise and yeah. <laughs> ironically and <laughs> and it it was a you were cool if your guitar player could shred faster than anybody else yeah. <laughs> and all right i liked some of that i i enjoy technical performances but mm-hmm. the jesse's girl solo could be played by a, just a Merely a decent guitar player. There's nothing hard sure. particularly about it. But it mm. is massively tasteful. 
it's a yeah. really beautiful restatement of the of some of the the sort of musical themes. It's its own it's its own thing within that structure. So you've got that, and then comes this other thing. It's like a completely different song, and <laughs> turns it. it I I want to say it inverts the experience in a way. It, it inverts my expectations in contrast to a lot of bridges which either seem just stuck in there and it's totally different the beatles used to do that a lot it, they had some that were really that sounded like they meant to be part of the song and some that just sounded like totally different mm -hmm. but this one is this one's meant to be and at the end of this musical cadence you have a key change yeah that and it goes up and you and you're again expecting it to be all right well now when he comes back in we're gonna have this step up in key that you always hear in in these anthems okay well like on the outro of a lot of anthem songs rock songs or pop songs especially the they will repeat the chorus and then they'll do the they'll repeat the chorus again but a a note higher key change higher right, right. And yep. then you'll do it again, mm -hmm. and then, oh, we're rising, and the, you know, we're hitting the, the real meat, <laughs> you know, I guess. We're, it's, it was that thing that sounded so good before, but now you're more so. It's higher. Yeah, zoom and enhance. <laughs> yeah, zoom and enhance. <laughs> so, our ears. Yeah, the, the, the mix would get, the instrumentation would get more. They'd fill it in with extra yes. you, uh, instruments, yeah, bring some horns in, yeah, maybe. Exactly. And, right. Add some more yeah. background vocals. Right, uh, mm -hmm. a big chorus of voices singing louder and yeah. higher. So that's what we were primed for, and yeah. then it totally doesn't happen. You drop right back into the same key, but in a, I, it's a clever way to transition, I think, because it's not a letdown. It's just a return. It's just a loop back. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't. Every time I hear it, I, I try to get everybody around me along to listen to that thing because i do find it it's jesse's grill is fine it's a it's a fun song it's it, yeah it, it's really simple mm -hmm. there's only like three phrases and that's yeah. it and the you melody know, got, is and then he just repeats maybe four notes he returns back to the thing so <laughs> the thing then he returns back to the original note so that's simple, and of course. Da -da 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 -da. She's mm -hmm. watching them with those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> eh, sorry, everybody. My my voice is saturated with smoke, even inside. So I have this compulsion to want everyone else around me to to re-listen to the song. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Because it's easy oh, to dismiss right. old hits as sure. Just the just bubblegum pop. Yeah, you've heard it a thousand times already. Like, what do we yeah. hear again? Mm -hmm. I just uh, stand the bridge, everybody. It's deceptively simple, mm -hmm. but it's a clever way to return if you're a musician mm -hmm. to think about maybe it's related to the theme of the mm -hmm. song, you know, the thematic material. Right. So, well, I guess I can't have her. Right. <laughs> and then the song ends. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Yeah. A slightly unexpected cadence <laughs> at the end as well. Yeah. You know, it's not just it's not just those three standard ones. And. You know, it's kind of a. I did, yeah, for, I did forget to add. I, I have always been a little annoyed at his 
delivery of the verses. It's a, mm. uh, I don't know, maybe a little cutesy, uh, uh-huh. but a little overly pouty. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, she's using that body on him. I just know it. I like that. I'm just talking about the initial phrasing where he's. Oh, well, crap. That's the part I uh, like. <laughs> I was just trying to fit in. I, I, I know. I really like that turn. But at the beginning where Jesse's a friend. Yeah, you know, he's a good friend of mine. It's like, all right. Just, <laughs> just okay. Bring it up a little. <laughs> but um, Too trite. it seems that it's, it's always seen like that. But then yeah. it it has it has a beautiful set of vocals, both lead mm-hmm. and background harmony. Yeah, on on this, yeah. it's really exquisite. Uh, all the way they through. do really well the harmonic uh, harmonically through that bend. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know they it's they match real, really real really well. tight. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's it's not just uh, you know following a line. We've said this before about some harmony vocals there there's uh there's clever arranging and i don't know who did it but it is it is a favorite of mine because i love harmony vocals anyway and it's mm-hmm. nice to hear some really tight harmony that's also belting it out yeah well i mean did uh, Nick, did he do the arrangement on that song he's there doing I mean, the i don't know i i couldn't tell you that's that's really hard mm-hmm. to say i feel like he doesn't do that a lot on his other stuff. He certainly doesn't do it with Pat uh, very much. He's an instrumental yeah, arranger, not necessarily. I think so. Excellent, excellent work. That whole, the bridge itself is all harmony vocal. That mm. sounds glorious. He was, <laughs> he was taking a stained glass class and uh, a friend of his named oh, Gary yeah, and that. Gary's girlfriend. Right, Gary. So, but <laughs> uh, he just, so Gary's, Gary's he was, girl is not. Gary was, yeah, and Gary was wearing a t-shirt with a football player's uh, name on it, Ron Jesse. Oh, so I had not heard that. Jesse's girl. Wow. Uh, yeah, Jesse's girl sounds. Uh, it, it flows does. better. Gary's girl is weird. Oh. Anywho, do you want to do uh, Spanish Cletus's kids? Or <laughs> I just, just wanted to throw that in because you sent me this thing out of the blue that I hadn't even thought about before. But it's one of those things yeah. that for shows that that do voiceover in other languages. Uh, Simpsons happens to be particularly good at translating things into local idioms and and commonalities, I think. So uh-huh. there is a scene in The Simpsons. Uh, Marge is getting the... Oh, what's the Pretzel Wagon episode? Season 8, episode 11, The Twisted World of Martin Simpson. Twisted World, right, right, right. Yeah. She, she uh, is coming home from the stadium... What was it? The baseball game that they were attending? Yeah. And she... Yeah, they it were was her big chance to game. get her pretzels in lots of hands by by giving everybody a coupon for a free pretzel. That was her big chance to get her pretzels in front of thousands of people's hands or hundreds of people's hands. Yeah, it was a separate. She she put her coupon in the Springfield Shopper. Ah, that was it. But she also she was, was also at the baseball game. A, a, a food. She did a she did a sponsored food thing. <laughs> yeah, sponsored giveaway. That was it. Uh, and then. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Burns is also attending, and they call out his seat as the winner of... They learn that Mr. Burns has won a 1997 Pontiac Astro Wagon. That's what it was. And then he's a rich man. He doesn't need that prize. So everybody boos him and throws the only thing they have in their hands. All Marge's pretzels. <laughs> they were 
they were all just about to take a bite of the delicious pretzel <laughs> to to find out how tasty right. it was and make Marge yes. a millionaire. <laughs> and instead, at, threw at them the down least, onto the field. Solvent, <laughs> yeah, not indented. <laughs> Yeah. But but the exposure for the business. So uh, on their way home from the stadium, they are waved down by hillbilly Cletus. What's his last name? Uh, Cletus Spuckler. Spuckler, that's it. <laughs> and he says he will take how many pretzels? 200? <laughs> I got me 300 coupons. <laughs> it's coupon. And then she Marge is really happy because suddenly 300 bucks. And... Then he hands her 300 coupons, which uh, all, all say entitled to one free pretzel. And mm. then one of my very favorite and most used quotations from The Simpsons. Uh-huh. Mm, I should have said limit one per customer. Should have bought Dennis. I hand them over. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So good. I mean, that whole I bit from that <laughs> point to... I say that so often. Should have been dinner. <laughs> and, yep. and then he calls out the kids. Hey, kids, we're eating dinner tonight. And names the, all the kids. I used to have them all Are they 20? 25. 25. Yeah. And I just, now I want to listen to all the other translations and yeah. see, <laughs> because the, the Mexican version that you sent me, the Spanish language version, I, I always think of Mexico because it's right next door. The, the Spanish language version that you sent me has completely Spanish names. Mm -hmm. And I think Hilario that, is my favorite of those. Hilario? Uh, yeah, are, they, are they Spanish names or are they Mexican names? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're. What? Uh, there's there's more know. commonality to names in Mexico as opposed to names in, and the names in Spain, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're they're less. Yeah. Very less common mm. names, well, so yeah, I suppose that's more. true. But uh, and then hey, here they are. Ah, plebes, venga, no se van a cenar. A ver, Sabina, Honoria, Tránsito, Higinio, Ufano, Hilario, Jacinta, Cándido, Teodosia, Castulo, Gervasia, Epifanio, Gaudelia, Eufemio, Eustaquio. Brígida, Melitón, Leonila, Nicanor, Martina, Regulo, Teodora, Teodulo, Tiburcio, Celso. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. I, so I want to hear, I want to hear 25 German names, 25 Japanese names, 25, yeah. I forget what else they translate into regularly. Oh, I guess. Arabic maybe? Yeah, um, Turkish. Turkish, right? Mm -hmm. Chinese. Yeah, Mandarin. Mandarin, yes. French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna. I, I have to go now. Listen to the 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 alternate language tracks. <laughs> Took me a while to get that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I think I, I'm pretty sure it's 25 kids in that bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, at some point, they've over the course of the show, they've added more. So I think really they have 39. Oh, Cletus and Brandine more, now have 39. But more children. You know, one now, of I thought you meant in that scene. <laughs> no, 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 I no, see no. more of Since, their children. They, more children that they yes. have got. Since season eight, mm. you know they've they've added so, but one of them's a walking hot dog, so <laughs> you know uh, they they consider, yeah. Things have gotten so absurd yeah. since I stopped watching. 
Yeah. Hey, if you want to be absurd, <laughs> you can send us an email, <laughs> and you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers.com. Let's call it ironically absurd. Because right. it's not at all absurd to send us a message. Uh, if you tweet, you can. <laughs> no. If you use Twitter, you can tweet it as at IJC2B. 